When we talk about McDonald's combo meals, we talk about savory meat, golden fries, and your favorite drink. Now, the combo meals just got crispy, juicy, and tender with the new crispy chicken sandwich combo. And you have to try it. Get a classic or spicy crispy chicken sandwich with medium fries and a medium soft drink like Sprite for only six bucks. Promotion pricing may be lower than meal pricing. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It takes a lot of ingredients to fix or build a car. Like cooking, but without the frozen dinner easy way out. eBay Motors has 122 million parts. It's always the right fitment, so you can follow any recipe to a T. Whether it's a vintage Italian coupe that's classic like grandma's meatballs or a German luxury car that's as complicated as Oma's Rouladen. To cook up something great in the garage, use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Hey everyone, this is the Almost World Podcast. Bringing to you mind-blowing interviews with guests from all over the world. So settle down, relax, and enjoy the show. Oh yeah, by the way, if you like the podcast, please support Elmo's World Podcast on Patreon. Your support is what helps the podcast improve more and more. Faith Kakshak, she has a podcast called Fixation Podcast. It's a story podcast and it's very interesting. And Faith has graduated or and studying architecture for four years now and she lives in Brooklyn, New York and she is 21. Hi everyone, it's so good to be on the show. I have been listening since um, I, I think uh, you reached out to me on Twitter. Um, it's a very interesting show. I think, you know, I'm, I'm very happy to be a, pra- a part of it. Um, so what was your question, sorry? Yeah, um, so what is your favorite cartoon and why? Okay, so I just recently finished watching Shira, uh, Goddess of Power, and mm-hmm. it's the newest version that um, I think DreamWorks uh, was in charge of, and I just recently watched it. I had like six seasons, so I think that's my favorite. Recently, my okay. favorite. Okay, what what <laughs> what? I I've never heard of it that, but what is it about? Um, so it's basically about this uh, young lady who she's raised in this boot camp. They're like soldiers, kind of, and she doesn't know anything about her background, her childhood, or anything like that. And then she finds a sword and realizes that her the sword basically helps her summon her, an alter ego called Hira. So she basically can turn into like a like a superhero lady. And yeah, it leads into like a bunch of adventures. She realizes a lot of stuff about her life was a lie. It's like so much gets uncovered as the series goes on for like six seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So um, mm-hmm. it, it seems that you, you really love uh, stories. And in fact, I can see that in, in your own pa- passion for stories, um, you've made stuff. Made you made some for your podcast, 
and um, I, I I can see actually a lot of deep um, characterization or character development when it comes when it came to your, st- your stories. You know, for example, the Indian in and in, in your story, what is it? What was it? The name? I, for, I really forgot. I'm sorry. Um, um, it's, it's, I think you're talking about Eden Forever. Yeah, th- that's it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a really fun story to record because I had been thinking of starting a, a storytelling podcast for like about a year, but I didn't have time to do it since I was in school. And so I finally found the time to do it. And um, I was looking for stories that I could record, something that could be really interesting to like, you know, keep someone's interest in terms of an audio experience. And I read that and I was just like, oh my God, like when I read the whole thing and I got to the end, I was like, that plot twist was so good. I was like, I have to record it for, um, for my podcast and it was basically what started me into the storytelling and how I kind of it it created like the base for what I choose to record and what I choose to put out on my podcast Mm -hmm. yeah and um when it when you write the stories how how do you write them like um is it simply uh something you've developed uh, a story that you've developed or something that came to you spontaneously H- how do you write your stories so I, I actually don't write these stories because I hate essay writing <laughs> essay writing is like was like the worst part of school for me because uh, it's just like hard for me to like write and punctuate correctly so what I did was I, I thought of like a strategy that would be able to would promote my podcast basically. Um, so I went on this, there's this app called Wattpad and basically writers who want to like, you know, get into writing and stuff like that. They write stories and little shorts and all of that stuff. So I was like, uh, I would record a story off of Wattpad for a writer who's just starting and I would basically help promote their Wattpad and they would also help promote my podcast since I'm not a good writer, but I could tell stories and um, I can use my voice. So that's that's how I get the stories. But in I have a story that I'm working on that I actually wrote myself. My next story that's going to be up, I did myself, which was, it's, it's a very short story. So um, it didn't take too much out of me, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so um, how do you get your friends or the peop- other voices to like work together uh, even during the pandemic? How did you do that? Well, I, I do a lot of the voices myself because mm-hmm. um, I, can, I can do a wide range of voices. I can also do like accents and stuff. Um, but for male characters, it's kind of harder for me to um, do it myself. So I I have a boyfriend who I live with. So he does some of the voices um, depend, you know, he doesn't have a wide range. So he, do, he gets like one or two characters. And I also have another friend or a couple of friends who do music or are into music. So they have experience using audio and recording and getting like the clear audio to me so i just ask them you know if they're available 
you know, they can record. Um, I also live in the same building with a friend of mine. So mm-hmm. she, she lives upstairs. So like, we're basically like close to each other. So I'm not making her come all the way from like outside of town to my house. Um, so those are the main people who do the voices. But other than that, I try to limit it to just me and um, my boyfriend, since we're all in the same house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, um, actually, mm-hmm. um, when it comes to uh, being, actually, th- this is sort of personal, but um, is it really normal for America for, for example, to 21-year-olds to live with uh, their partners or uh, boyfriend and girlfriend? No, I don't think it's like normal. My, it's just for me. I I stopped living with my parents when I was like seventeen. Mm-hmm. So I've basically been independent for a, a long time, and I didn't, you know, I didn't start living with him because you know I I was so head over heels in love or whatever. It, it's more of a like financial situation. Like I said earlier, I I used to live in Queens, and the rent got so expensive it was way too much and i had to handle school and i was basically out of a job because of the pandemic so it's just absolutely cheaper but if i had the option i wouldn't necessarily be living with my boyfriend at my age i guess but you know i i'm i'm young but in in the context of how long i've been by myself and how long I've been supporting myself, I'm not young in my mind, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Yeah, but I wouldn't say it's normal. Yeah, wait, when you say you support yourself, does it mean that uh, you're 100% independent, right? Or you you still get um, financial assistance from your parents? Um, My parents assist me only for what I pay in school, or basically what I paid in college, um, but not the entire thing. They they could like you know pay half or less, and I handle the rest of it. So basically, I work and I pay my rent and I provide for myself in terms of what I eat and how I get around. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I call you know independent. <laughs> okay, okay, it's really. Uh... Mm-hmm. Uh, amazing you know uh me i me myself i i also started work or started having a salary like when i was 18 years old but um mm-hmm. but it it was, it was the same time i, w- I was it was a, a, like a work college thing because i went i joined the military you know and and the funny thing though That's really cool. yeah two th- uh, after two years in the military i resigned because of very uh yeah very uh confidential stuff but yeah and so um i i really understand that um when it comes to being young it having support from parents is actually very very important you know and you c- we cannot deny that but um how when when it came to that uh, you know that you're not as privileged as others and you have to work in order to support yourself to to provide for your own needs in some instances uh how do you think uh is the is 
you, you some would say that is a disadvantage how would you uh, approach that idea um do you feel like uh life is better if uh you were rich or st- stuff like that well i don't consider my family poor or something we're we're more middle class it's just more um I, it would be great, you know, if my parents could have paid it all and, you know, could, like, you know, give me all the money I want and, like, fucking pour it like water on me. <laughs> it would have been great, but, you know, I wouldn't have learned as much as I've learned, you know, so far. Because a lot of my friends, they still live with their parents. They they get that luxury of, like, not even have to know how much they pay in school. And that would be great, yes, but I'm, I'm appreciative of you know, the path that I had to take because I got to learn how to budget and how to get around and, you know, how to manage myself on my own, which is, which is great. Mm-hmm. And I don't regret it. I don't feel like I, it was, a you know, too much or anything. It was just about time management and, you know, what am I doing when I'm not in school? What am I doing with all that free time and how am I managing all of that stuff? And it was, I don't regret it. I'm I'm actually pretty happy because now that I'm done with school, mm-hmm. I can. Mm-hmm. I, it's not like I'm being thrown into like a new world where I don't know what I'm doing. It's like I'm just gonna continue what I've been doing just without school, which actually feels less stressful. Mm-hmm. You know, now mm-hmm. that school's off the plate. Um, but yeah, it would be cool to have all the money in the world. <laughs> okay. So um in actually um uh this is a very personal question though but I I feel that um uh, in some way you are very you're a role model to a lot of 21 years old being independent and all but when it comes to for example sex um how do you mm-hmm. how do you control that how do you avoid any accidents or or uh how do you uh, what is your attitude towards sex? Well, I mean, be you know, it's all about being safe mm-hmm. and knowing what you want. Like, what are your priorities? Like, if do you want to have a child? Like, if you, you know, got pregnant or whatever, are you ready for that? Is that something that you'd be okay with if it happened? Be, because if you're not, you should be very serious about protection about you know all of that stuff and but if you're not you know if you're not as bothered you know and you're just like if I get pregnant it's fine if I have a child it's fine you know and all that stuff then do what you want to do I guess it's 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 all personal it's all like up to the individual you know me personally I'm stay very protected and you know try not to have any mishaps because um i have so much more that i want to do before i get to that point um but yeah sex is just you know it's up to you it's open for interpretation to whoever it is um out there okay awesome Mm -hmm. yeah so um um, i've been actually uh i've never talked to anyone about this on my podcast and i want to touch the topic um uh, for example, let's say that you tried to be uh, have protection, but it didn't work, and uh, you got pregnant, and it was out of your plans. Uh, 
what would you do in that situation? Would you uh, let's talk about abortion here? And it's a very sensitive topic, but mm-hmm. I think it's very important to talk about it. So, for example, in your case, let's just say, if it happened, what would you do? Um, I'm open to it. You know, it depends. It all depends on really my fin- financial situation. Because I don't believe in, like, bringing a child into the world to suffer. Mm-hmm. Because that's unfair. Okay, you can't expect to have a child and, you know, be like, oh, you, we can't provide you with all these things and just expect that to be okay. Because personally, if I was born into a life where I, you know, we had like literally nothing and, you know, my parents are blaming me for things that happened to them, I would feel, you know, like it was unfair, you know, like why bring me into a life if you're not ready to take care of whatever I need if you're, you couldn't provide or anything like that. And a lot of times when kids are put into the situation, they end up situations, they end up like, you know, going to like bad, like following horrible paths. I know there are kids who like overcome that and they like, you know, rise above, but a lot of the time they don't, if anything, they kind of just follow a horrible path or, you know, think of alternative ways of getting what they want. And that's, you know, I feel like that's worse than uh, just getting an abortion. Um, also, I mean, there's also the option of giving up for adoption and et cetera. But I, you know, adoption's great <laughs> and everything. But they, a lot of the time, especially here, it's very difficult for kids to get adopted. So even if you just you give up your child after having your child for like nine months, um, it's not guaranteed that your child is going to find a home. It's not guaranteed your child is going to find a good home. Mm-hmm. It's not guaranteed your child is going to live a good life. So why roll the dice if you can't, you know? But if you can, if you can manage, if you can get by, if you can get the money, you know, have the child if you want to. And Some people are not in the state of mind to have a child, like, mentally. And there's also, you know, it's people who are like pressured and they have the child anyway even though they mentally didn't want to and then they end up you know being abusive and hating the child and etc so you know so it's all open for interpretation it's all depends on situations and i just think people shouldn't be ashamed to get an abortion if they want to mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. and um a lot of people would a- would ask like um, would you treat, uh, for example, a seven-month uh, child inside inside a, mo- a pregnant mother as a human, or um, how would you put it that way? Because um, well, I th- I think there's a point where I mean, I think the doctors would tell you if you I don't know how it goes, but you know I think the doctors would tell you when it's like humane to do it and when you're past that point but if you're past that point then like i guess abortion's off the table and it would be very unfair for you to carry on to do it um but if you're not you know you go ahead with it i guess after you're past the point that you can or can't do abortion you should consider other other options like you know giving someone else your child to take care of Mm -hmm. or you know double up get two jobs or 
mm-hmm. do a job too, because at that point, you know, the like it's you know becoming a full-on human being that you it, you know if you commit an abortion or intentionally try to kill it off, that's like murder. Okay. So yeah, but um, that, right? yeah. What about, for example, let's say women who have had like nineteen or twenty abortions? What would you say about that? Mm-hmm. Would you still say that what they're doing is ethical, even if they didn't pass through the point where doctors would say, "Oh, uh, this is inhumane." Let's say that on the first month they get the abortion, but it, they did it twenty times mm-hmm. over their lifetimes. Would you say every they what they did is moral? Well, it's it's immoral if you're intentionally not being protective. You know, if you if it's happened and you still are not taking protection, you're not like, you know, taking birth control or using condoms or whatever you have to do to protect yourself, then yeah, that's that's wrong when you're just like abusing abusing the option basically. But if it's a situation where, you know, your partner is basically bullying you to not be protected, but you want to, that's that's a situation ship, I guess. It's, you're just in a situation that's pretty horrible, and you're being placed with only one option. Your partner is, like, basically forcing you to, you know, abuse the abortion option. Um, that's... That it, in that case, I would think it, it's fine, I guess. You know, you just have to, like, get out of the relationship or, you know, get, remove yourself from that situation. But if you are just on your own deciding not to protect yourself and just intentionally, you know, getting pregnant to get an abortion, yeah, that's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm guessing that you've uh, written, like, a fine line between... Um, uh, protecting yourself, but in the case in the cases that your protection didn't work, uh, it would be okay to get an abortion, right? B- because it, due to financial uh problems. But for example, um, there are a lot of people that were born mm-hmm. in situations that. Um, they the they were born in very poor conditions, you know, but besides that, they were happy mm-hmm. with their lives. They were happy that they were born and thankful that they were not aborted. So, what of the child, the people that were supposed to be alive, but that they they were okay with being born in poor conditions, but uh, their lives were taken away? How would that go? Well. I would say those situations where that actually happened are very few in the broad topic of that being born into horrible conditions. You know, yeah, obviously you're going to be grateful to a lot because you've tasted life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if you haven't, you wouldn't know the difference. You know, it's like, you know, you wouldn't know the difference. But if you have tasted life and, you know, it's up to you. It's like there's very few situations where they're happy with like a horrible life and like serious poverty. Like I'm not talking about like, you know, just going hungry for a night. Like there's people who are like really poor. Most of the people like that are born into poor situations, there's only that 1% that are actually grateful 
for being born anyway, even though it's like a horrible life and all of that stuff. I'm just like, I just don't believe in that. I, I feel like that is unfair. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's super unfair because then the kid grows up with all of these traumas and, you know, the horrible things that happened to them in their childhood and, and stuff like that. It's, you know, it's not great. Okay. I don't think it's great. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, also that um, a lot of people would say that uh, it's the mother's body and uh, she decides what happens to her body, right? So it's more of pro-choice, yeah? And and so um, yeah. uh, how about um, we talk about um, accountability, right? If a if a woman mm-hmm. or a or a man uh, does something, for example, has sex or engages in in activities such as that that would get them drunk or would ha- uh, make them uh, high, and so that would um, uh, clog their or fog their judgment, and so in that case, they would be very open to sexual intercourse, right? And so, knowing that uh, taking part in that activity would have very, very um, uh, in immense consequences, such as getting pregnant, don't you think that they should uh, be responsible for that action and not not take take another life? They should be responsible, but. It takes two to tango. What is the partner saying about all of this? Or whoever, whoever it is, you know? And I understand people get drunk. Yes, that happens. But they should both be accountable. If anything, not just the woman, they should both be accountable. If, the, if, if they're asking the woman to be accountable, you know, for the fact that she let herself have too much and, and, and forget where she was or whatever, you know the case may be um they should also ask the man what was he doing if he was fine he should know he should know better mm-hmm. you know and if they both agree that you know abortion's not a thing that, that they, they want to do cool if he doesn't agree still she's the one who's gonna have to get birth mm-hmm. people die during pregnancy and birth childbirth mm-hmm. you know she maybe she's not in the right state of mind you don't know if she's gonna be nice to that child you know, if she if the child is born and she's a horrible mom to that child, people are still gonna come for her. People are still gonna say, "Why are you like this? Why are you like this to this child?" She didn't want to. She didn't want to be a mom. And I get there is accountability. If she does have an abortion, she should be accountable for that next time she's in a situation where she's trying to party or whatever. She should remember what happened before. That's the type of accountability that I'm about, not unfairness. Like when we were just like one-sided about it. You know, if we're going to judge her, let's judge him. Let's judge both of them, you know? Mm-hmm. I think it depends on, I guess, where the government stands. But if we're talking about, like, just a neutral government, you know, I feel like they should provide, you know, supplies in terms of, you know, in terms of both pro-lifers and pro-choice people, you know? Provide hospitals that can provide abortion options to someone and also for for 
if they're if we're talking about pro-choice people they should provide services that can help you out when you first become like a mother or you know i'm not saying that they should have to sponsor someone their entire life because obviously there are bigger problems and things are going to happen to the country that budgets are going to change and all of that stuff but they should definitely make provisions in the very beginning because sometimes some some people are just kicked out of the hospital with nothing with, with exactly what they came in and a child you know mm-hmm. so they have to like they should at least provide with the first stuff maybe even if it's just for the first week you know as countries are different and you know depending on how rich a country is you know that determines how how much they can help but they should at least help with something you know for both both options of mm-hmm. you know pro life or pro choice yeah, I, I really agree with that. And so, um, in terms of how, for example, let's be specific, America, how do you think it's g- doing when it comes to uh, solving or giving uh, provisions to these necessities? I, <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't know specifically how it's handled in other states. Mm-hmm. Um but I would say, you know, for where I live, it's even, like it's fair, mm-hmm. the amount of help that's provided for um, when you just have a child or if you want to get an abortion, the options that are available for both sides is like a fair amount of help. But, you know, I feel like still there should be funds, you know, because there's this constant war between people who are like there's pro-lifers and pro-choice and there's they're always fighting i believe that if someone is pro-life you should contribute to funds that help someone after they have a child don't just talk you know it's not just about yelling about at them and calling them murderers and irresponsible women or whatever they always say you know it's it's about helping you know you should your actions should speak louder than your words your words you know like i'm i'm pro-life and if i can contribute um sorry i'm pro-choice and if i can't contribute you know to to a hospital to a fund i will you know it's not just about talk and if you're pro-life you should be contributing if even if it means this uh, in, in some states they stand in front of abortion clinics and literally judge you like they yell at p- women coming in and out you know from from abortion clinics like instead of standing there yelling you can stand there with like a basket a basket of stuff you know maybe someone would consider your your point of view if you do it that way nicer instead of being super aggressive about it so i feel like you know it's it's great where i am but i don't know how it is in other places like in the south and all of that i don't know how bad it is over there or or what they're doing to help you know so i don't want to say anything about them I'm just going to say about where I am and where I am. They're doing their best. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, so um, it's really funny though that uh, um, um, it, it's different here in my country because uh, we are a unitary form of government. So one yeah. law, uh, one law, it's it covers the whole country. But in, in America, it's by state. So... Um, how 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 does that actually work? Like, for example, if uh, f- uh, let's say uh, abortion is not legal in some states, right? So, uh, if you were to be a citizen of uh, the state that it, where uh, abortion is legal, but you, uh, is illegal, 
but you go to a state where abortion is legal, legal would that your would your original state hold you accountable for that or not? Not no. No, they won't because you did it outside the state. Mm-hmm. You know, um, from what I from what I've heard, I don't I don't want to say anything like an expert. You know, because I I only know from my point of view and from where I'm sitting, but from what I've heard, I, I don't think they will hold you accountable. I've actually heard, you know, if someone in a state that, um, it is, you know, not allowed, they should, they have to travel out to like a state that it's allowed, but I don't think your state holds you accountable. I think it, they only do if you try to get it done in your state that, mm-hmm. um, it's illegal and then you can like get arrested or something. I don't know. I don't know what the penalties are. I'm just Okay. It's no problem. <laughs> Then um, I want to talk uh, now. Now that we're talking about America, um, how do you think it's going? Because um, from w- from where I stand, I'm from I'm from outside of America, and I just look at the news. It it could be very pretty biased based on what they're showing specifically. Like for for last month, uh, they focus on the riots and the looting, um, but. I don't think that's that's an overall uh, example example of what's really happening. Like there, I, 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 there are there are a lot of peaceful protests, but what's going on there there right now from your point of view? Um, I think everything's calmed down a lot. You know, there I don't think there were any protests really going on, other than like um, social media. I don't think there are any actual protests still going on and everything has been, I don't think there was even any losing like from where I, I am in New York city. There was, it, it has always been peaceful over here. I didn't hear of anything violent happening or anything getting burnt or broken. Everything was just really peaceful and it was just all about communication. Um, and everything's calmed down now. Um, it's just more social media. I haven't really seen anything on the streets or anything like that. Yeah, and because I, New York City is more uh, democratic and there's a lot of Democrats, I don't think that there hasn't been any like fighting in terms of like, you know, Democrats, Republicans. It's just been, everybody's been agreeable, you know, which is pretty nice. Yeah, awesome. And um, I just watched the news here and it, it's been really bothering me because I uh, yesterday or last night I interviewed someone and uh, th- there there's this five words that really uh, hit me. He said, "It is what it is." So I, I I researched it and it it was a like a quote from Trump, right? And so um, I don't know if you've heard that. Yeah, uh, wh- what can you say about that? Like. I really can't comprehend what it means. Like it is what it is. You know, he he kept saying it like ten times in the episode. And what does it mean? Well, I think it just means when something's out of your hand and you can't really change anything about it. You're just like, it is what it is. You know, what can you do about it? Really. You, mm-hmm. It's just kind of accepting the fact that that's the way things are. Um, it's just kind of an expression. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think you know it means anything bad. Um, 
you know, Trump did say that because he's pretty mundane about everything. And, you know, I don't want to get into the politics of the things he does and what he doesn't do because, oh my God, it, it, it will literally go on forever. Um, but yeah, I think that's what he meant by it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you think that's a healthy approach when it comes to uh, looking at the COVID numbers in your country that okay, it is what it is. Uh, 150,000 people died. We can't do anything about that anymore, but we, we just have to do what we can do, right? So, how do you think... Is that a healthy approach? It's, it's not in terms, of, in terms of the numbers, but it is in terms of what the leaders are doing about it. Because there's only so much the citizens can do But there, Trump has a whole army of people who believe so strongly what he, whatever he says. And if he doesn't believe that COVID is a real problem, they also won't believe COVID is a real problem. And, you know, it, we all go downhill from there. And, you know, you, you just can't change these people, people's minds. It's the, the thing. That's why you just say it is what it is, because... You can't really change their minds. They're really like zombies. They just follow him to the end, you know, to the end of the clip and just die down if they need to. But so, like, you can't you can't like put a gun to their head and tell them to wear a mask or anything. They you you really can't change their mind. So, you know, it is what it is in terms of that. But in terms of the numbers, we can obviously do more. Mm-hmm. We can obviously do more than say it is what it is. But it's not just us, up to us you know it's up to trump and his court people clearly you can do more you know but um i guess when it comes to uh, uh the type of the type of people that really really follow trump and what he says well you can't change them you know <laughs> i guess so uh you just have to work yeah. work your way around that being a democratic country you know so um um For example, uh, let's talk about the Black Lives Movement. Uh, when it started mm-hmm. and where it's gone now. Uh, do you have? Do you agree with everything, or do you find some problems in it? I agree with what I agree, and I'm not gonna say I'm a hundred percent for. For or against, I agree with what I agree in. You know, it's, it's great that it has brought to light a lot of problems that have been going on for years. It's great that it is at its peak, most powerful right now. It's great that it it's you know it's more understandable now, and it's great that it's happening while people you know can contact and like talk to one another about it. You know, because like. In previous times or like in history when it has you know there have been a black life there's been like black lives movement or like fight for equality people only see what the media shows them and what's on tv you know and no one really talks there's no like talking to each other about what's actually happening and i'm great uh, i'm grateful that it's happening now that people can talk to each other and see it from each other's point of view directly without like a middleman like the media or the the news or whatever being the middleman telling 
both sides whatever it is they want to feed both sides you know and i'm grateful with the things that it has accomplished you know um obviously with every movement mm-hmm. problems are presented and i don't want to say it's because of the movement or whatever it's because of the opposition of the movement you know everything the movement stands for is positivity and any problems that come out of it is because of the opposition to it you know um and that's all i'm gonna say on that yeah i just you know yeah okay awesome so um uh one last uh uh question though i i want you to answer and uh i want you to be very uh descriptive though, in this question um wh- when it comes to being an individual for example let's say in america um how would you as an individual make the world uh, a better place and make a good difference you know and being someone like you okay um how do i make a difference well i try to educate as much as i can uh, i try to you know say my like speak my opinion as politely as possible and try to get people to understand rather than fight them on what I think versus what they think. You know, everyone's entitled to their opinions, but, you know, I can voice mine and you can voice yours and let's try to agree on stuff. And if we don't agree, we agree to disagree. And that's that's one thing I try to do. And if there's stuff that I can contribute to, you know, funds and um, donations, little stuff like, you know, buying, going to certain stores and not going to some other stores because of um, where they stand in terms of everything that's going on. That Those are the little things that I can do from where I'm standing. Like I'm not rich and I don't have unlimited time, um, but just based on my, what I can do with my budget and what I can do with my time that I do have, you know, I try to do it. I try to stay educated too. You know, I don't just watch democratic stuff. Like even though I am on that side, I try to watch straight what the Republicans are saying. What are they saying? What are they thinking? You know, so I'm not just biased and just basing things on one side without listening to what the other side has to say because that's unfair, you know? And those are the little things that I'm trying to do to, I guess, make a difference. Even if it's just in my little you know bubble of people so that's the end of it thanks for tuning in guys this is your host Elmo Ador Jr and thank you for listening in and please subscribe please follow us on Facebook please please follow this please thanks Gearheads know that some projects need so many parts, it feels like you need a whole storage unit just to store them. That's what eBay Motors' 122 million parts are for. Think of it as your virtual parts garage. They've always got the right fitment at the right prices. Use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Holidays are here, and so is fashionable fitness. Gift yourself a Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G, a phone that folds in half to literally stand on its own. Pair it with the Galaxy Watch 4 for ultimate wellness and wow factor. Check health stats, flex personal records. Over 90 activities can be tracked, like biking, swimming, 
golfing, and more. Invest in yourself with tech made to crush goals. Holidays open up with Galaxy. Shop it all at Samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with Carrier. Products sold separately.